Hello, everybody, and welcome to this next episode of the CrossGen Podcast. I am your host, Walt, and I'm here with the usual band of suspects. Guys, introduce yourselves. This is AJ in the middle of this introduction. Eli. And just to remind everybody, um, before we get started, please remember to relate. We're going to keep that in there because it just shows you that we're human. But um, like I was trying to say, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the CrossGen podcast, which is not your average cast. Um, we appreciate you listening in and being on this journey with us, but we also would appreciate if you go ahead and told all your friends about it, if you like this podcast. Um, so again, the best way to help support this podcast is to let everybody know that you listen to this podcast. Mm -hmm. So on that note, let's start this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, Eli wanted to do a very special subject today. Uh, I don't know the exact specifics of it. So this is going to be a very free-flowing free uh, podcast today, free-flowing episode. What are we going to be talking about today, E? Just music in general. All right. Oh, yeah. Well, music, music is a very powerful thing in people's lives. I mean, yeah. just me personally, if we're driving along in the car and I hear a song, a lot of the times, you know, it'll remind me of some some period in my life or some specific thing in my life. So music is huge for a lot of people. Um, what 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 were you thinking of today? Just any music. So let, let's start. Just, let's jump in. Um, how do I start this? Well, I could start it like this. Um, there are, like I was saying before, there are certain songs that i listen to that i'll i'll it'll remind me of stuff like for example and i i don't know i don't remember the exact songs and forgive me because i you know but i me being the older one in the group i remember going out to visit my aunt and my uncle they lived in staten island right mm -hmm. and so um they they lived in Staten Island. If you guys haven't been to Staten Island, um, nope. because they don't they no longer have that house. But to to make you understand how this is, they were in a very secluded part of Staten Island. Staten Island is secluded secluded as it is already, hmm. but they were in the middle of a forest. Their house, and so wow. their particular their particular street was one that went down a hill, crossed over a little creek, and so there was like a little bridge that you had to drive over to get into that. And then you would get into a dead-end street. Now, on the left side, there were only three houses. On Towards the front and the right, nothing but trees. And the interesting thing is, because it was so secluded, there were no lampposts. Okay. Oh. So it would get pretty dark, you know, if we stayed over. Um, the only light that we would see was from the houses. Now, back in the 70s, disco's, disco was a big thing. And my father used to listen to disco while we were driving in the car and stuff, right? He liked disco. He liked pop, soft pop music and stuff like that. Um, groups like ABBA. Uh, he liked the Beatles, you know, like I said, disco. 
And so the one particular night we went over there and a song came on. And it was, I can't remember what it is, but every time I hear it on the radio, it always brings me back to that, that day. Because we were going to leave and head back home. Mm-hmm. We weren't staying over in Staten Island. And we were out in the car. My father had turned on the car, everything packing and getting ready and everything set to go and stuff. And turned on the car. The song came on. And something that you guys really haven't experienced as much as I did when I was growing up. But that was the time of the great big blackout of New York City. What? So it was during the summertime. And during the summertime, what happens? People usually put on air conditioners all the time. And occasionally back then, the system would be so stressed out that it couldn't handle all that capacity. And you would have what are called either brownouts or complete blackouts. Brownouts are okay because what they do is they kind of roll different neighborhoods and shut off the power or give you less power um, just so that it wouldn't overflow the system. Blackouts, however. Just nothing. Nothing. And it wasn't just Staten Island. It was all of New York City got blacked out. So imagine we're in Staten Island in the middle of a forest. Three houses, okay? Back then, not a big emphasis on generators, although I I think, you know, going forward, maybe that's the reason why generators became really popular in houses, right? No lampposts to speak of. The only lights that were out there were the lights from the car. Complete and utter blackness to be very scary it was you know and and part of the reason why when i when i was growing up i didn't like the dark was because of that you know and so that's why my mom in her infinite wisdom bought me the big alien statue that glowed in the dark which was even worse (laughs) alien like as in alien alien the movie Xenomorph. A Xenomorph. <laughs> wow. Oh, God. So it was a great toy. It really was. It was maybe like about this high. So it was about a two-foot plastic. It wasn't even a statue. It was actually a toy because the arms and the legs moved around. The tail moved around and had the, the spikes, that thing that it has in the back. But the really, really cool part about this toy was that in the back of the head, there was like a little trigger. And so when you press the trigger, the mouth would open and that secondary (laughs) mouth would spike out. But there was another thing that it had that AJ would have loved or maybe not. I I thought it was not the greatest thing, but the top of the head. Okay. The part where you, you know there's like a little plastic thing almost. At least it was on the toy. Okay. It kind of looked like the brain. Oh, because in the movie, it's actually translucent, and you can actually kind of see the human skull in the front. That glowed in the dark. That's pretty cool. It was very weird, though, when you're (laughs) trying to sleep, and you're afraid of the dark, and you've got an alien with the thing glowing at you, staring at you in the face. So, there you go. But... 
going back to the song, that song, every time I hear it on the radio, it always brings me back to that particular day in the 70s where we were in the car getting ready to leave, and then it became pitch black. And all you heard and saw was a dark forest and the noises coming out of that forest. So. Thanks. But see, that's the that's the effect that music has on people's lives. It, you hear a song, and it's like, oh, rem- I remember when I was at this place when it happened. And I'm gonna try and find the song. Like, what's who's the group? If- I can't remember it. Like I said, it's one of these things that if I hear the song and I put if I put it on, I think I even have the song on my Spotify playlist. So I have to look for it, right? But it's a really old song. It's a very popular song. I just don't remember it. But if I hear it on the radio, instantly, I'm back in the 70s, little kid. I was probably like maybe eight or nine years old, (laughs) scared in a forest with my parents, of course. But even Uncle Jose wasn't born yet. So it was just me as a kid in the darkness. Dang. But again music it's like one of those things where it's like you hear it and it's like this and so my my things was back in the days when i was a kid i used to listen to disco and soft pop not really a lot of spanish music although mom used to play my my mom used to play a lot of spanish music yeah i can see that Uh, she was big into um captain and tenille michael jackson See, these are groups you don't even know about. Oh, Michael Jackson. Jackson. Well, but Michael Jackson back then Jackson Five was still part of the Jackson Five, yeah. you know. Um, so a lot of these older groups, ABBA, like I said before, um, you know, these these were the type of groups that my father, Toto. Mm. Right? There we go. So see, these are the things that you appreciate now, but I guess because you've heard it from me, you probably hear it on Supernatural and things like that because. A lot of these old songs are coming back. But those are the things that I grew up with. But when I started reaching out, branching out, and listening to my own music, I got into hip-hop. That was my that was my first love. But then as I grew older, my... my so I, I listened to guys like Sugar Hill Gang. Um, I listened to uh, Big Daddy Kane, EPMD, you know, Das Effect. He, uh, things like that, like really early, um, really early, you know, groups. But as I grew older, I kind of, I kind, my taste kind of evolved, and I got into R and B. And then late in the '90s, I got into rock. So you know, I've, I've done different type of evolutions throughout the years. You know what I'm saying? I, I, the only, the only genre that I really haven't got into a lot. Is country music yes <laughs> and there are some mainstream country music that is pretty cool I, i'll grant you that but like the really hardcore like the red cup the red solo cup type of songs and things like that that's not exactly my cup of tea so, i'll know. even listen to classical music before i get into and i love classical jazz music is good. you so. know that metallica believe it or not if you listen to the albums Load and Reload, they actually have a very country-inspired feel to them. 
I have to now yeah. revisit that again because I like Metallica. And some of them, some of them are Western too, like Ronnie. Yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah. example. Um, and there are quite Unforgiven. a few others. It has it has a well, maybe not, but the, but Metallica is different because Metallica they kind of they, they dabble they dabble in a lot of different things. I, I mean, one of my favorite, I, huh? I thought they only did rock. No, well, see, here's do. the thing: they do, but. When you listen to certain songs, you could definitely pick up these other okay. genres Influences. in them. Okay, because I thought that... And Load and meant. Reload is one of those where it's like prominently... Oh, I could see this being a country song. And, and look at one of my favorite albums of Metallica. There's the Black Album, right? Well, there's the Black Album, but there's also the S&M album, there which is, is really one of my favorite albums from that group because you know what? They take their songs, but they blend it in with like a classical pop symphony aspect to it. I mean, they literally have the the London pop symphony right behind them. San Francisco. Oh, San Francisco. I'm sorry. But it sounds great. It does. You know what I'm saying? Like one of my favorite albums. So, you know. I think I honestly think orchestras like and things like classical really go with a lot of like different music genres. Like I don't, you guys haven't heard it, but like trap, if you if you put like a sample, like an orchestral orchestral sample on trap, it's actually pretty fire. Mm-hmm. And you have it for rap, I believe, right? Sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I've I've heard songs that are like that. You know, hmm. I, I can't think of them right yeah. off the top of my head, well, but I'm pretty sure they've done it. Maybe not orchestra per se, but isn't yeah. there one where it's like? I don't know. Yes. That's disco. Oh. But still, again, taking two genres and blending them together, yeah. right? And and it, it works out pretty, pretty well, you know? So that's that's kind of my experience with I can I can give you tons of other examples where, you know, um, music plays like an integral part in stuff you know but i mean what what do you guys think so i told you guys what my favorite music genres are what 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 are you guys into right now well, well i know but the audience doesn't know you guys know it's trap okay trap so what 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 do you love about trap per se well You guys are gonna think it's cringy. No, it's good. No. Listen, everybody well, you know everybody no. has their own opinions and everybody has their own tastes. It's a, uh, I don't know. You know, I think it's just the lyrics, honestly, because lyrics can like, you know, lyrics do as have as much an effect as it does sometimes the song behind it, right? Mm-hmm. You have samples and stuff, and lyrics sometimes sometimes hit pretty hard because I know I talked to you about this. Most of the time, the stereotype is right. That they do talk about money, um, guns, uh, and you can go, you can go on because, yeah. But um, I, I just, I genuinely like some of the lyrics that sometimes that they have to ho- offer. Like XXX Tentacion does a pretty good job in delivering his lyrics because it hits emotionally. Um, Those are usually the best type of songs. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting how rap has has evolved over the years because when I grew up, rap was really about rap battles. 
you know i mean you guys you guys see rap battles and it's a youtube thing on you know, the thing where it's like darth sidious is fighting darth vader you know but back but truly back in the days what it was is this was kind of like another form of fighting without fighting instead of fighting you'd have rap battles and then you you'd kind of hash it out that way you know it was never about demeaning anybody and really i mean i know it, it sounds weird but you know it, we weren't talking about rap wasn't about drugs it wasn't about yeah. the murder it wasn't about you know it was about you know squashing a beef you know yeah. rap then took a, a, a an interesting turn with the with the rise of guys like bdp boogie down productions and krs-one who was there where he wanted to make rap more of like a an edutainment is his uh phrase where it was about positivity and about doing all this other stuff and unfortunately that never really i mean bdp had some great albums and some great songs but it never really stuck and the next evolution was gangster rap and you know that's where it, it rap and you had then the famous East Coast versus West Coast. Yeah, I was just about to say Biggie versus uh, Tupac and stuff like that. Um, and that's what that was. Some great songs again came out of that, but it was more of hip hop's darker time, you know, yeah. because there was a lot of people, not only Biggie and 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 Tupac, there was a lot of people that lost their lives over really dumb stuff. I mean, I mean, it really, really was, you know, um, but. You know, it, it is what it is and stuff. So, but now the next iteration is trap. And, like, I don't listen to trap. Yeah, I know. But I've heard some of the songs that you've, you've listened to. And, you know, some of the songs, like you said, they're really emotional because the artists are kind of putting in, you know, their experiences, you know, positive or negative and stuff like that. And for me, I think, those are the best kind of songs because they they put out a, at least they try to put out a positive message you know um and i know music is about dancing and stuff like that but it also can be about positivity as well you know and and, and sending the right message and stuff and some people do and some people don't yeah. so mm-hmm. it's just like anything else in life mm-hmm. so but, uh... so who are some of your favorite artists in trap right now Hold on, hold on. So I already said XXX Tentacion, right? Mm-hmm. Got um, Corday. Corday is so underrated, bro. Co- Corday. If any of you haven't listened to Corday, listen to him because he's literally, I believe, one of the most underrated trappers out there, other than Chance the Rapper. Okay. You got um Juice World, obviously. Uh, Little Uzi Vert. And Roddy Rich, that's it. That's basically all there is. Okay. Okay. And what are the, what do they rap about? Trap about? Generally, generally, what I said, money, all of that. Okay. But even still, they can they can they still put out good songs, even when it's about that top. At least in my opinion. All right. That works. What about you, AJ? I know you're you're your tastes are pretty eclectic also. Yeah, there's a history there. So, 
let's say at around middle school, but it was really high school where it truly started. Because then I had, I think it was either Spotify proper at that time, so I could actually make my own playlists. The first big thing that I ever really got into was like rock and metal, that type of stuff. And especially I was taken with Metallica. Because by God, can Kirk Hammett use that electric guitar? Just like, I don't know, just the way he plays it, it like plays on my heartstrings. I don't know what it is, but he's just such a talented artist. And the same goes for James Hetfield with his lyrics sometimes. Now, granted, I can't exactly connect to all of them because, I mean, what? Uh, what's that song? Creeping Death is about, uh, <laughs> it's about basically, you know, uh, not the story. Yeah, basically the story of Exodus or like, uh, you know, imprisonment in Egypt. I can't relate to that, but it's just awesome to listen to, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, stuff like that. And then within that genre, it would like very slowly branch. You'd get like what? Linkin Park. That was another big one. Uh, yeah. Avenged Sevenfold. Godsmack. Uh, I could go on and on. Then the next phase sort of became, I'm not going to get this in exact chronological order, but I think the next one was like old school rock. Hmm. Like, uh, yeah, Toto, uh, eventually Bob Seger came into the picture. Really good one. Uh, (sighs) Bob Seger, Toto, uh, Journey. Although that one's kind of airing on, well, they, would they be rock though? Because there yeah. are some yeah. of their songs that aren't quite rock. They, they would be. They would be considered soft rock. Yeah. Hmm. yeah so a lot, a lot of things like that. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty. And then by the time I started watching Supernatural, like you mentioned, that further got compounded, where now I'm listening to like. Some ZZ Top, some Def Leppard, and things like that. Oh, really good stuff. Yeah, Kansas. That's another good one. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it was a fusion of the two. Not quite at the same time and not so much fused, but I started getting into like the old soulful songs. Like, uh, what's it? That one song by Grover Washington. Uh, just the two of us, mm-hmm. <laughs> stuff like that. And I think I get that from, I got a little bit of it from Ma, but it was also definitely you two, uh, Papa and Amy. Um, yeah, good stuff. Uh, and then it's, it's funny how you say that, you know, again, everybody has their evolution in terms of music taste. Yeah. And like I said, it's, it's interesting to hear. And I, I know it because I've, I've, I've seen you do it, but how TV shows end up influencing musical tastes, yeah. you know, and it's, it's like you said, it's like, you know, you, you're into kind of the, the rock genre, but you haven't fully delved into it, but then supernatural comes along and, Supernatural is great because of the, the music yeah. that they play in and how well it blends in with the actual storylines and stuff. Yeah. But it's interesting how 
a TV show like that kind of opened you up to like more things that you were used to, you know? Yeah. So, and, and that's the great thing about, you know, how music kind of finds its way into everything because soundtracks can make or break what you're watching yeah, and stuff. And sure. so, and again, like we said, it also kind of opens you up to new and different things. Eli, you were about to say something. Ghost of, Shush- Ghost of Shushima soundtrack. Yeah. Because I like, I don't know, like it. It helps the gameplay, I guess. It's like. Well, let, let me put it to you this way: Do you think Star Wars would be as successful as it is if it didn't have John Williams' soundtrack behind it? interestingly no right because i mean you look at you look at star wars and it's a space opera and star wars believe it or not has aged really really well um i find it superior to the sequel series and the prequel series you know that that original trilogy and again you know it it's not it's not an oscar winner right but it's made that much greater because you have these grand moments that are tied in with epic music, you know? Yeah. Like, for example, and you, and I'm going to use one of your words, the scene where Lucas is, st- is on Tatooine and looking out at the, the three sons, right? Yeah. You would probably consider that cringe if it was any other thing, because if you if you t- strip away the music, it's like, okay, he just walked out of his house for no reason just to stare out at the suns, right? But when you tie in the music and that grand score, and you got Luke's theme behind it and stuff, yeah. it makes it something different. Because now when he walks out, it's not just him randomly coming out. Because the music behind it, you get now a different perspective. It's now him wishing that he was someplace else, wishing that he was off the planet, wishing that he was fighting the rebellion with his friends and stuff like that, you know, wishing he wasn't on that farm anymore. And that emotion that you got was because of the music. You wouldn't have gotten that any other way. And if he walked out to that and the song was it doesn't work. It really doesn't work. But instead you get Luke's theme and it's like right? Yeah. And it's just like, wow, that is like an emotionally epic gut punch of a scene. You know? And it's all about music. So now you haven't been to a concert yet. No. Okay. Not at all. And we're going to work on that as soon as this pandemic stuff is is over because now you're old enough. But I've taken you to concerts. Yeah. Right? And the last one was the best. So tell us a little bit about that one. I mean, so this group, I literally have an entire playlist dedicated to them and only them. And it's called The Best Band in the World. And you know who they are. I've already talked about them once. They, they were the first muse that I was ever really taken away with. And that was Metallica. And wow, that was like 
that was such an experience. Like, first of all, see, granted we were far away, but most it, that didn't even matter. Just being there was awesome. And most, well, I know by heart at least a good 90% of their songs. Mm-hmm. So whenever they would start something, I'd just be like, okay, well, I know this one. And I start singing along, and you know. Maybe even doing, you're going to think this is cringe or something, but maybe at some points I would do a little air guitar while I was there or something like that. But you know what? Isn't that an awesome feeling? Because you're in a place, and we saw this in New Jersey. Yes. We went to the, um, I I forgot what it's called, but it's it's an outdoor venue, right? When we went to go see them. And so we sat on lawn chairs, and I, I've got an interesting story about that place also. Did we sit on lawn chairs, or we sat on... That was a stadium. Oh, it was Metallica a stadium. Metallica was in a stadium. Okay, so I'm, I'm confusing with the other the other one that we went to go see. Yeah. Okay, so we saw that in Giant Stadium. Yeah, that sounds right. Oh, yeah. that was that one. Yeah. Yeah, because they had the huge, like, lettering down there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, right? Yeah, but the, the... Oh, and the other place, the other venue is the PNC... Uh, bank thing i think in jersey that one i think was where we saw marilyn manson yeah i've got an interesting story about that place but going back to what you were saying where you're singing and you're doing air guitars and (laughs) eli i i hope that we get a chance soon to be able to have you experience that also it is an amazing feeling being in a place that holds eighty thousand people knowing that every single person in that in that audience is vibing along with you and so you can go ahead and do air guitars and things like that and nobody will say a thing because you know what there are probably people doing the same thing also you know and just hearing how the crowd reacts and listening to everybody sing the songs along with you yeah it is an amazing feeling you know so and he was doing a lot of singing (laughs) Imagine. We were we were upper deck, I think. Yes. Yeah, I couldn't. I could. I found out about the 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 concert a little too late, and those were the best tickets I can get. You know. It didn't matter though. Yeah, it's just about being there. Yeah. And yeah, and they got big screens so you can see up close and see what's going on and stuff like that. But it it's the atmosphere really. It's it's like nothing else. Yeah, you know? but isn't it too loud though? Well, where we were, it wasn't like super duper loud per se, but that, that even that, that didn't matter. <laughs> like, I could be like, I'm not gonna say in the mosh pit area. Uh, I'm not. I'm not that like. I'm not that physical. But like, I could be in the lower like in the closer regions and it still wouldn't even matter because it is just awesome it really is i that was not the first time that i'd seen metallica live i had seen them two times previously and but i did see them twice in the same venue so i did see them in giant stadium we had better seats that time and at that time i don't think saint saint anger had come out yet what year I don't remember. This was like early 90s or something like that. No, St. Anger, that would have come out, let's see, 
disappear was 2001. No, that was 2000. So 2001 would have been Saint Anger. Yeah, if I'm remembering my timeline. Correctly. So this was this was earlier than that, but I remember being there and they had pyrotechnics, where you know, literally the the stage had fire coming up from it. And now we were pretty far away, but I felt the heat. You know, like we weren't upper deck; we were like either in the closer to the the lower part and the mezzanine. But we felt the fire and stuff. But um, there was a so I've seen them in concert. I've seen Lincoln Park in concert. Um, I've seen Evanescence in concert. Evanescence was really really cool because we saw that in Webster Hall in New York City, and it wasn't. It was a totally different venue. It was like a club, and so we were standing there, and literally, Evanescence was maybe like. 50 to 75 feet away from me singing you know we were on the floor standing and stuff and and the whole nine yards um but going back to the the jersey thing i went i also went to go see ozfest back when ozfest was still a thing so that was a thing that ozzy osbourne used to used to do and i went to go see um who was on the card Lincoln Park was on. No, Lincoln Park was not on that card. Um, Aerials. Who's the Who's the band? System of a Down. System of a Down was there. Um, obviously, Mar- Marilyn Manson was there. Rob Zombie, Ozzy oh, Osbourne. Okay. Um, this was This was Ozfest was an all day thing. So you got there at nine o'clock. They had bands playing over there. They had Ninja versus Shinobi. I don't know if you know that band. That's a deep cut. I, I think I've heard you mention them once. Yes, they were they were they were performing that song. Um, guys like uh, Adima were there. Heard of them? Yeah. So they were they were they were two stages. There was the main stage and the regular stage. So those guys were off on one side, and then the main stage would be. And sometimes they were playing at the same time, so it was weird because you heard like two songs and stuff. Oh God. Right. But what I what I remember most about that concert is that starting at around one o'clock, and I went with Uncle Jose. Okay. Starting and his and we had a bunch of we had a bunch of friends that went with us. But starting around one o'clock, it started to pour. Oh boy. <laughs> that must have been crazy. Now it's an outdoor venue, right? Now there the, the main stage did have a covering, but you remember how it was, right? Yeah. They yeah. had the main they had the main stage, it had a bit of a covering. And then there were people that could had actual seats down there, but then beyond that, it was just a grassy hill. Yeah, I remember that in the rain. Wait. So that means people were slipping in mud. <laughs> so we actually we actually did some of the mosh pinning. We Wait, actually really yeah I we did like we jumped in there and we huh. were banging around and stuff like that. But then we stopped really quick, right? The problem is, is that people were still doing it with the mud, okay? <laughs> and I remember getting knocked down once because a guy ran from the top 
and he was trying to get down to the mosh pit and slipped and slid the entire way down <laughs> and took me out. Okay. Oh gosh. He took me out. All right. He apologized and stuff like that, although he was a bit drunk in one night. Um, but the whole thing was bad, but I stayed until the end. Now, the interesting thing is that I got so wet that my cell phone was destroyed. I had to throw it out the next day. And I was so wet that not only were my clothes wet, my underwear was wet. (laughs) (laughs) And I was lucky that we were able to turn on the car because, remember, the cars had alarms. And somehow that didn't get destroyed by the water. And I was able to turn it on. But that's how wet we were. And we stayed until almost midnight because Ozzy was the last performance and we really wanted to see him. But we were completely and utterly drenched. (laughs) Dang. I guess it's a risk you had to take, right? Listen, when you do an outdoor venue, it's rain or shine. So... But it was an awesome experience. I mean, who who else can say that they got taken out by a guy trying to run down a hill to get to a mosh pit, right? So, you know, it's 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 a fun little thing and stuff. But um, it, those are experiences that you have, and you're like, wow, you know. Again, you think about music, you think about that, right? You think about experiences. It's not just the music. So. Um, like I said, we have to get you to a concert. One day, one day. During one day. during a blizzard. But what concert though? <laughs> hmm? What concert? I don't know. That's yeah. entirely up to you. Yeah. Like I've been willing to take. I think Kansas was playing once, but you didn't want to go that time. Yeah. They were playing, and I, those I could have gotten really good t- tickets for. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. You know. But um, yeah, it's 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 a whole different thing when you're at a concert and we with other people. Um, the Lincoln Park thing, I, I remember watching Lincoln Park and we were maybe, we were on the second row from the, the middle part of the stadium. Um, we were to the right of the stage and all I remember was like, how in the world does this guy do all these concerts every single, you know, night after night and not lose his voice? Because you remember Chester... Chester Benningfield, right? I think Bennington, Bennington, who sadly passed away um, due to suicide. But um, Chester Bennington, he screamed. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's singing, but his his style was, you know, not. It wasn't screaming per se, but it was really, really. It had to mess up his 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 throat. Yeah, and he would do like hour long sets night after night wow and so we're like how and remember not just one city they were doing like 40 city tours so imagine imagine i yell for like five minutes and i lose my voice right (laughs) so but just just think about that but like i said it's it's interesting so what what else do you guys want to Oh, well, I was, you actually caught me halfway through my... Uh, sorry, sorry. I just t- got, see, I got yeah. caught up with music and experiences, <laughs> right? So, yeah. yeah, so you were talking about, 
The last stuff. thing I spoke about was the, you know, the old rock. No, no, no. The last thing I talked about was like the soulful stuff. Yes. Yes. But now it, uh, the next phase was, um, was it? I think it was a little bit of like the reggae type thing. The mm-hmm. thing that got me into it first was Shaggy. the police. Oh, police. oh, okay. And then through the police, I was put on to their newer album that featured Shaggy. Shaggy. And then from there, you know, uh, I'm just going to open up this playlist right here. You have a little bit of Bob Marley, a little Classic. bit of Damien Marley. Uh, yeah. It's a lot of... A lot, a lot of stuff here. And just recently, uh, Lee Scratch Perry from when I was playing uh, GTA just now. <laughs> GTA just... And it's funny because I'm, I'm over here and I'm getting, I'm getting uh, what was I, getting food, right? Yeah. yeah. And I came back and you were playing GTA and I'm like, reggae? Really? <laughs> yeah. So, but it's good. You know, it, it's good to, to have a very diverse taste of music, mm-hmm. you know? Because there's a lot of good stuff out there. Yeah. And then to kind of wrap it up, uh, you have... Then I went kind of like through like a jazzy, bluesy type phase. And then that like kind of crescendoed into piano jazz, which is something I used to help me sleep now. But even then when... Good. Even then when I'm like, all right, this is like brain-numbing work. I, I need something to like liven my ears up a little bit. I put that on too. And then... Eh. And then the most, most, most recent alongside like the piano jazz is the hip-hop. Where you got, you know, Biggie. Wait, so- uh, what's it? Did that come from 8 Mile? That was a little bit before Eight Mile. The guy who, it, it was some influence from you for sure. But for a little bit on and off, even before like the soulful phase, I kind of liked some pop, and within that pop was Eminem. Mm, okay. And so that kind of when I rediscovered it again, I was like, oh wait, I also like a whole bunch of Eminem songs too. And then we saw Eight Mile, and I was like, "Oh, there's a lot more to this." Okay, oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Mob, Mob Deep was a big influence in that, and yeah. one of my favorite songs is um, part of the playlist. Yeah, Survival of the Fittest. Mob Deep was uh, the sample was even in Eight Mile, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. yeah, like when they were outside the the thing, they were playing that song. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, Mob Deep is really, really good. From Queens, no loud, no, no less. You know. So, yeah. so are you East Coast? Are you? Do you listen more to East Coast or West Coast? I'd say, well, would Eminem be East Coast? He's more like in the middle, right? He came after all of that stuff. Yeah, I know, but like you know, geographically but was, speaking. Well, it's interesting because he's partnered with Dr. Dre. Well, Dr. Yeah, oh yeah, that's yeah, Dr. That's Dre. Uh, I'm not gonna say if I. I I don't know the specifics. I don't know if you can say he discovered him, but he he was instrumental in Eminem's career and stuff, from what I I remember and understand. Um, he's like I said, he came a little bit after that. Yeah. So you know, there's really right now, 
that East Coast, West Coast thing is not really much of a thing. I think a lot of that stuff died when, um, or at least started to with, you know, the the deaths of Tupac and Biggie. And I think that was like a big wake up call. And people started saying, oh, we got to kind of slow down from this yeah. stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, me growing up, I was always an East Coast guy. East Coast? I well, was, same, honestly, because, yeah. again, second to Eminem, it is Biggie. Okay. okay. Yep. And then you had guys like oh Cool J and Trap Called Quest and you know those I was never I mean I enjoy it, but I was never truly a fan of guys like NWA and yeah. you know Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and stuff like that. I think it's good to be like right smack in the middle so that you yeah. open to both. I mean, yeah, and, and you know, like I said, I can appreciate their songs and their songs are on my playlist also. But, you know, I'm more of a East Coast type of guy, you know. West Coast is a little too laid back in gangster rap for me, you know. So that was not truly my thing growing up. So, you know, it is what it is. And that's roughly, that was a really rough sketch of my musical, like, I guess, resume or whatever, timeline. So you got to build experiences now. Yeah, I've, I've, um, I guess I've dabbled in everything, sorta. I mean, disco, everything. There's a lot more than yeah, what we just discussed at this table. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, like I've gone through techno, obviously. Oh, I remember that. You used to love what's his name, the guy with the mouse, Dead Mouse Five, I think. No, I did not really. Or it was someone else. Uh, it was there you go? That was the one. Skrillex. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Because I remember you always were listening to that when you were playing that game with the Geometry Dash. Yeah. There it was. So for you, you're you're influenced by TV shows. You're influenced by, by mobile games. games. <laughs> yeah. And then I went through like disco, like BGS. I went. To, I went from rock. Then I went to black metal right yeah so you were complaining the other day about rock is too much screaming you you were listening to black metal and screamo like what i mean granted it is a part of the genre in some respect but the ones you were listening to that was like at its most extreme yeah like you had people screaming into the mic and it's like they you couldn't even hear what they were saying but yeah but only this since you were in that vein, there's only one group I know of, and I only know of them because of their name. In your dabbling, did you ever listen to a group called Gojira? Surprisingly, I heard of, I have heard of them, but I didn't get into that. Yes. Because that was that was a short period, but I yeah. And then This just wanted to know, because I know because I tried, I was like look, a band called Gojira. Let's check this out. And then my ears were getting shredded apart, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't. Yeah, that's an acquired taste. I don't think I ever got into that. The worst I can ever do is Avenge Sevenfold. Yeah. They come close. They toe the line, but they don't go over. Yeah. You know. And maybe even Five Finger Death Punch. Five Finger 
That one I've I've never heard of. I figure they uh but they have they a couple the, of tracks that are okay. Okay. They did the remake of uh what's it? Uh House of the Rising yeah. Sun. Um that's the only one I know that yeah. they did. No, they, they did a bunch more songs. Like I don't know much about their cover history. Like, I know Metallica they love doing covers. There there was literally one album dedicated basically to covers. That was the Garage Incorporated. And that also sprinkled in some of their tracks that didn't quite make the old albums, but they said, hey, you know what? Let's include it here. Right, but that that's what they do. I mean, there's some really famous covers. Um, the one that I... One, one of the ones that um, I remember is one... They did a, a cover of a Michael Jackson song. Um, Who? Oh, gosh. Alien Ant Farm. Okay. Have you have you never heard of them before? No. Alien so, Ant Farm. Alien Ant Farm. I'm gonna play it um, after we're done. They did a rock. Yep, that's them. Oh, they were criminal. they were yeah. yes, Smooth Criminal. That was actually one of their biggest songs, and they've had some they had some pretty big songs back in the '90s, I think. But the one that really you know, you still hear to this day is their cover of Smooth Criminal. And um I'll just let I'll just let <laughs> you listen to it. You know, yeah. it's it's not as, as hardcore as you think, but it's definitely a different take of the Michael Jackson version and stuff. Yeah. Why is it that you can't find some of the Michael Jackson songs? Um, it could just be Spotify. I don't know what it is. Some of the artists, they like selectively don't put their songs or maybe it's on the artist front because I remember yeah. looking for some Frankie Valley songs that I really like. They were there, some of them, but you just couldn't get them onto your playlist or you couldn't even play them. It was so weird. And then the biggest one that just came, at least in my part, Tool. Jewel. Jewel yes. was forever never on Spotify. So the the thing with these streaming services is that and and you know there's there's been active campaigns against it. One of the biggest ones is um that the what's her name? Um the blonde girl. She's kind of country and stuff. Taylor Swift? Taylor Swift. Really? Taylor, Taylor Swift had a huge campaign against streaming services. For the longest time, you couldn't get an album of hers on there because wow. the whole thing about it is that it was it was the difference between um, direct sales, right, which clearly impacts the, the artist as opposed to releasing on streaming services where for every stream they get like a penny. So clearly, you know, this was all driven about money and stuff. And, and so a lot of a lot of artists, maybe like Frankie Valley or his estate. Right. They said, you know what? We're not we're not putting it out there because we want to we want to control where the revenue is coming from. Mm-hmm. And by putting stuff on streaming services, you lose that control because now, you know, I mean, honestly, who buys CDs anymore? A lot of people buy. Don't even don't even buy uh, music tracks from iTunes anymore. They subscribe to see streaming services. So, you know, and and this is the perfect example. 
I there was a there was a group back in the '90s, an R&B group called TLC. Okay, TLC. They were they were this multi-million-dollar uh, selling millions of albums, getting the gold, the, you know, those gold uh, those gold albums and stuff, which hmm. signifies how many albums you sold, sold and stuff. Dang. They went, they, there was, if I remember it right, yep, if I remember, and one of them passed away again also. That was a, mm. there was three of them in that group, I believe. Yeah. Um, they talked about how they were nearly bankrupt. Because, you know, you gotta, you gotta look at how much money comes out of these things. So back in the days, an album would cost like about $10, right? Give or take. So if you sold a million of them, you were you were in great, great, great territory because you would have money over, right? But you gotta look at how many people are actually dipping into that. It's not just the artist. You now have to think about the record company, right? Who gets their share. You have to think about the managers who get their share. You gotta think about the musicians who need to get paid. You need to think about the marketing stuff that happens. You need to talk about publishing, creating the things. By the time that they were finished, they were getting almost nothing. And so that was that's a struggle for musicians everywhere. Now compound that with the fact that now streaming services were only willing to pay like pennies on the dollar for every stream that you got. So that was that was tough for a lot of artists and a lot of them pushed back. Taylor Swift being the bigger one. Mm-hmm. Tool. The only way you can get Tool on Spotify was cover bands. And I put you onto that really good one for yeah, a little bit. Yeah, because there's a lot of bad ones out there. You know, there was there was a lot of bad covers of Tool songs on Spotify. And you found a, a really, really good one. Tool, I still have them on there. Yeah. You I, heard it the other day. I still listen to the, the cover one to this day. There's only like one or two songs that I actually have direct from the original band that I actually like have on my. No, I actually have a few. Mm-hmm. I take that back. I think they're maybe outnumber the tri- the tributary band by one, mm-hmm. but I I still really enjoy the tributary yeah. tributary one. So um, that's kind of the reason why there are certain artists that you can't find you know it's funny you you mentioned not everyone has cds anymore when i moved out from maz i actually took out took back with me the like because we have a dvd like a radio Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. actually brought that with me so like well it's funny because you see in our household we have Mm -hmm. dvds right and along that wall there I would subject to say that we have probably like around 500 plus, and I'm being generous, but we have 500 plus DVDs on the wall. Um, but what you guys don't know is that when we first moved into this apartment, up along that wall, I had a CD section also. Really? Yep. Like I remember the glass case with the with the collectibles. That's where they used to be. But there was one for CDs too. Yep. Oh shoot! Is that where? Wow. Yeah, I have the the original. And you see, and you oh see. no no, it was. Wait what? They uh, I know what it is now. They they were they were these gray the little gray things that go on the wall. Yep. 
I okay. Oh, I know what only, it is now. That was only a portion of them, and we took those down because we don't use CDs anymore, right? Same thing with these DVDs. Ask me when the last time we actually grabbed the DVD off of the off of the bookcase. It's well, been very, very rare. Not for you and me, though. Godzilla. Yeah, Godzilla well, but Godzilla is yeah. a different story. But for the main stuff, everything that we have there, we yeah. you can either find on Netflix or Hulu, or we bought through the iTunes store, which I have another eight hundred movies there. We're all Netflix, really, you know. Um, but those eventually I'm gonna have to get rid of because they're taking up space. We really don't use them. And a lot of them we we have even exactly. Over I mean, there. Lord of the Rings is the one. Oh, but no, no, no that's not, not one that, that I'm ever going to get because that's an extended, the and extended versions, and those the covers. are covers. The covers are so awesome. Well, that I would never get rid of, and I would never get never get rid of Akira, um, because that's Akira. the steel. Yeah, we have Akira there. I have it as a steel case version, so it comes in a metal metal case. So there are versions there that are very, very valuable that we're not touching. But for the most part, I mean, the negotiator with Sam Jackson, it's in a, it's in a basically a cardboard case, and we have it on iTunes. It. Yeah, we have it on iTunes. So eventually, this collection is going to go also. I have the or, I have the original Star Wars soundtrack, I believe, right? Yeah. That was one of the things that I kept also. That's valuable? Well, I, I used to have the um, the collector's edition versions. I don't know where they are. Those came in not the plastic CD case. It came in a almost like a leather-bound thing that when you opened it up, it actually had booklets in it. Mm-hmm. Which had behind the scenes of some of the stuff, you know. Um, unfortunately, I don't know where those are, and I know we have one of the cases, but I don't know where the CD is. No. So, you know, oh boy. But, but yeah, you know, it's it's one of these things where eventually those things are going to go away because they've been replaced by streaming services. So. So. Why don't you guys like trap? Why don't you guys like trap? I really, honestly, I just don't like the the, the the beat. And like some of the rhythms are okay, but they they just don't stick with me. And then the lyrics, uh, I'm not. The lyrics, I'll give you that. Sometimes they're <laughs> mumbling and stuff. No, but not, not even that. Like, <laughs> uh,. I mean, granted, some of the hip-hop stuff I listen to are pretty similar in that regard. But just something, I, I could never get into it fully. Like, there are one or two songs that he's actually showed me that I will say I, on some level, enjoy. Because of something in the background. Or maybe there's a lyric or two here that I like. But that is a very rare instance. Okay. I don't necessarily not like trap. You just I just I don't listen to it. Yeah, and and that makes sense. similar to Eli, I mean to AJ, um, there are certain songs that I do like, 
you know i mean there's that one by i think it's juice world that you you introduce which is really really good you know um maybe if i heard it more maybe i i can get into it but not and it's funny because i listen to only old school hip-hop right now i'm not a big fan of the new stuff right now so but again I don't listen to it that much because, again, we're playing a lot of the Spotify playlists that I have. We're not listening to actual radio, you know, so maybe the new stuff is out and I haven't even heard about it, you know. Yeah. You, I remember at one point you were actually building me a trap playlist. Yes, I was. Whatever happened to that? I didn't discard it. I know that for sure. I believe it's still on notes. I put it on notes. (laughs) Maybe you should send it to me, and maybe I'll just make that playlist once and for all. You know, actually, a lot of the original rap artists are are making trap music. Mm, that's not unheard of. I mean, you know, get with the times. I mean, look at Maroon 5. That's That's one that's made some pretty interesting changes. Like, they used to be erring on the side of not soft, but more towards hard, right? Especially like songs about Jane, that album. Yeah. Like, uh, people evolve though. Yeah. People people evolve. Like, over time, they like went practically full on pop. Well, you know, back in the days, it used to be that the way you entered music is that you, you started out with a ballad. Those, those were the songs that, got you into the business and then from there once you had your footing into it then you could really do what you wanted to do and so you know maybe that was kind of the thing that uh they do you know um nowadays and stuff nowadays i I think it's totally different back then that was kind of the thing you you started off soft and then you worked your way into whatever you wanted to do so but hey Things change. All right. Um, you think we should wrap this up? We should wrap this up. <laughs> yeah. That trap, was so good. Up. So trap it up. Trap it up trap or it trap up. it up. Right. So um, okay. <laughs> that's going to be it for this podcast. Uh, again, I want to thank everybody for joining and listening in. I hope you enjoyed us rambling on about music and how it affects our lives. Um, if you have any any th- thoughts that you have, please, by all means, send us send us an email. Send us a, a direct message on Instagram. Our email address is thecrossgenpodcast at gmail.com. Give us some feedback. Give us share some of your experiences with music. Um well, if we get enough responses, we'll do a, a little mailbag edition where we read out some of your emails on the show. So, um, yeah, do that. And, again, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. But on that note, I'd like to say thank you again for joining us. This is Walt. AJ. Eli. May our paths cross again. There we go. He stuck it. it. I got it. Stuck the landing after a little pause, but it's all good. Yeah, I got it. All right. Take care, people. Trap is best. <laughs>